Hello, this is uh, the end of season two of Frugal Quail podcast, and I've just been going over which titles were included in the lineup here and why, and also just an update generally about how the podcast is going. Now, those ads you hear in the middle of the mm, books, they have generated a about five dollars I think in proceeds uh, and still to me that's it's not really it's, that's interesting but it's not really indicative of um, of a worthwhile uh, effort based on how much time I've put into this. I'm just saying that as a matter of course that uh, this is a labor of love and I would prefer not to have those ads in there at all. So I, I guess I'm not sure why I'm putting them in at all. Uh, but I'm just doing this because it's fun. And um, uh, anyway, so the first episode in this season, if you go back, uh, or if you look forward, depending on how you have your episodes listed in your podcast app, um, was Northanger Abbey. And that was topping some lists as Jane Austen's best book ahead of Pride and Prejudice. Actually, it's Pride and Prejudice is sometimes listed as a third. So that's why I chose that one. And um, next is Lucian of Samosata. With, with his The True History. It's really a satirical play on what uh, he was seeing from authors of that time and before him who were peddling fiction as fact, he felt. So he, he made up this The True History title. Um, and actually, that was only a selection from, from a book. Um, the, the reason it it made it to my radar was um, I saw an article that said it was that this, the true history, was the first sci-fi, like the earliest known sci-fi because the characters go up in, and meet people on the moon and stuff like that. So <laughs> that's why it was included. Um, it was the first time I sort of cut out a, a sliver of a of a story um, because this book was um, several of Lucian's um, works combined. So uh, next is Moby Dick or the Whale. Now you might not see all of these episodes because some podcast apps have a cap on how long uh, episodes can be. So Moby Dick or the Whale is obviously well known for being a, an enormous book, and the time the time scale for it is is large. So anything above twelve twelve hours, like I've I I know for a fact, Spotify will not list. So um, that's good to know. Um, next is a, a fun one uh, for me. There's a lot of movie adaptations of this. Uh, it's called The Scarlet Pimpernel. Very um, interesting story of 
sort of a, an undercover person who pretends to be uh, sort of pompous and foolish in social society, but um, uh, is really saving a bunch of the aristocrats uh, who are being beheaded in, in France. So um, great movies have been made of this book. So I'm excited uh, one day to go ahead and listen to this when I have the time. And uh, it's by Karen Savage, uh, is the narrator uh, who, who's reading it for LibriVox in this case. And I know she's got a, a great voice from, um, from something else I was listening to of hers. Uh, next is Uncle Tom's Cabin. I guess the thing I have to say about that is there is sort of an apocryphal story that Abraham Lincoln said to the, the son of this, the author of this book, uh, or, or some, something like that, who's, um, who said, oh, so you're the lady who, um, who started this war. Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin, um, and I was researching the history of it. She, she actually drew from three stories, uh, to, or three, three or so stories to sort of come up with this um, Uncle Tom's Cabin story. And um, it was, you know, it was a very popular book at that time. Um, and uh, during the Civil War, American Civil War. Um, so it's, it's an interesting book uh, to, to look into someday, I'm sure. Um, but there's that apocryphal story of Abraham Lincoln accrediting Uncle Tom's Cabin with uh, contributing to... Um, the feelings at the time and why the war broke out, um, and uh, I, you know, that's not documented anywhere. It's just an interesting aside, as one thing I remember from my time in selecting this. Uh, yeah, so I would say all of the titles so far, except for the True History by Lucine of Samosata, have been um, ones that I picked out from the most popular list. So if, if there's a list of most popular titles on LibriVox or um, the Internet Archive, these are the ones that, that top that list. Um, or, or are pretty high. I think, I think personally, I would have picked The Scarlet Pimpernel up. It, it probably was pretty low on that list, but I picked it up because I have a connection with the story because of uh, the movie adaptations I've seen. Now, the Iliad, that one was chosen. Um, I think I chose it even as the sixth episode because, yeah, yeah, I chose it as the sixth episode because the Odyssey was the sixth episode on the season one. So the Iliad being the sixth episode of season two is just sort of a... Uh, call out to Homer, uh, and also that, uh, well, the Iliad comes before the Odyssey, as far as the timeline goes, and it just, for the next title, it just worked out that I wanted Halloween to be all spooky titles, and, and yet I have this tradition I wanted to start of having the seventh episode uh, being a religious text of some kind. And I was trying to have it be uh, by a 
uh, just following a list, um, like uh, something like number of adherents or um, number of um, times the book has been printed, uh, stuff like that. And uh, that, that, that just my decision there uh, among those metrics was to choose the Bible. So the Holy Bible was in season one. And then what would come up next in my list would be um, the Quran. Um, however, the English translations of the Quran all were collaborative efforts on LibriVox, meaning there's different voices reading the different um, sections of that book. And I, I described previously, I had set up some rules in my mind of what to follow. And I've broken pretty much all those rules. But one, one I have kept true to is I, I don't want to get involved in collaborative works. Uh, you know, dramatic works is another story to me. I, I think that might be interesting to pull some of those out someday. But um, anyway, I didn't go with the Quran for that reason. Love to um, maybe even record it myself at some future time um there's there's a couple of titles i would love to record myself and uh distribute through librivox if i could but um yeah i don't i don't know if i'll ever have time for that for one thing but what i chose instead was the bhagavad gita by um well i don't know how to say these this name but the vyasa vyasa um, now, as regards to this text, um, so it's got obvious connections to Hindu, uh, and also, um, Hare Krishna, um, but uh, I did not know that this is not the only work by this author. Um, there's another religious text, which is uh highly esteemed and then there's more of a an odyssey story that he has developed as well and i see all three actually in good condition uh and uh, uh in librivox so they're, they've been completed they're they're all by a solo narrator so um it's, a, it's just just an interesting uh story um why i chose that one and why it's there now, uh, then we get into Halloween. So it just worked out timing-wise that uh, Dracula was the first Tuesday or Saturday of, of October. So um, I had Dracula in my backlog for a long time. It's one of the most popular uh, titles on LibriVox. So we go down the, the range of monsters and or spooky stories that are popular. Uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, and uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde being very popular um, stories uh, and spooky stories. Then we get to, I, I was racking my brain for what, what should come next. And uh, I ended up going and finding all the short stories, collections, uh, Halloween short story collections on LibriVox, making a big list of all those, trying to find the most popular authors, most popular narrators even. Um, and, the narrators did not work out. I tried to look into who was very passionate about these short stories and then 
seeing what other works they did. The first one, the top one was other narrations he did were religious. The next one was um, sci-fi, you know, so it didn't seem like the people who were passionate about recording their voice for these short stories were also interested that strongly in um, in doing longer horror stories. For the time being, I was trying to avoid super short, short, short stories. Um, but I, one of the most popular authors from my list were, was H.P. Lovecraft. So, um, and then I looked to see what, where his stories exist. Are they, are they all short stories? Or, uh, and one popped up as being a little longer, The Dunwich Horror. I didn't know that at the time when I started uploading it, but it's part of the Cthulhu mythos. Um, so at least, I don't know if it's part one or part three of that, but at least it's a book that um, is a little bit longer, and it's uh, it's by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, so Cthulhu, I, I wouldn't say that's particularly a, a strong Halloween character, um, but uh, it is, it is, it's more of a, a niche monster from, from my perspective. Uh, next, I, this, this one turned out to be, you know, way pop, more popular than I thought. The Picture of Dorian Gray, um, good spooky story there by Oscar Wilde. Um, and the, those, those combined, those first five combined, I felt very strong. Uh, that, okay, these are good choices. The next one, I, I was using a tool, uh, I think it's called Taste Dive now. I was using a tool called Taste Dive. And what I did was, I um, on that site you can put in some titles and then see which ones are suggested after the fact. So I put in Dracula, Frankenstein, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and The Dunwich Horror, and The Picture of Dorian Gray. And I said, okay, now which titles are suggested to me? And then it was not helpful until uh, the tool's result was not helpful until I put a check mark next to horror. So then horror was popping up a bunch of titles, some of which aren't on LibriVox at all because they're too new, um, but a couple are. Uh, a lot by H.G. Wells topped that list, uh, but some of which I didn't consider true monster horror. Um, but I, I did select one of his titles later. One that popped up to me as a spooky story, not necessarily a famous Halloween monster or anything, but uh, The Metamorphosis. So this man is a salesman and he turns into a, a creature some, of some kind. I, I'm not sure if it's a vermin or an insect-like creature, but he then, it's, um, it's, it's a, a spooky, unsettling story. So, uh, I guess I chose that one as a bit of a call out to werewolves. Um, I know it's not a werewolf story, but it uh, an interesting point on that, werewolves and zombies. I tried to look up what is the source of werewolves or, or zombies because Dracula is clearly the source of the modern interpretation of the, the vampire. Uh, Frankenstein's its own monster. Yeah, but anyway, I... Um, I, I just saw a little anecdote that said 
oh, many people attribute werewolves to the medieval times, but actually it goes back to Greek and Roman times. And at that point, I don't know, it just didn't seem that solid to me. Like, I wanted to know what's the first work that really laid down the rules. The moon changing, you know, people into werewolves at each full moon. Maybe even silver or the silver bullet being... Uh, being the main thing to hurt the werewolf. I, I don't know. I just never felt sure that I could nail that down. I did read a couple of short stories. Uh, one of them was particularly good. Um, that was uh, a werewolf uh, slash uh, love story. But, you know, in, in the end, uh, the, the love interest was the werewolf and had been killed. Um, in his animal state, but he was found dead in his human state. Uh, you know, anyway, I, I just avoided werewolves um, because of that. And zombies uh, apparently are connected to, uh, in, in I don't know how, how people source this, I'm not sure, but they source back to traditions in, uh, in Haiti and, well, Haiti and is sort of akin to paired with voodoo a bit. Um, so that's interesting to me, but I couldn't find a source text which laid out all this, um, laid out the rules as, as a modern interpretation sense of, of zombies either. Now, the one I did select next uh, from H.G. Wells was The Invisible Man. And actually, the instant I did that, it made me think of uh, Hotel Transylvania. So... Um, sort of a uh, funny a monster movie. It's got Dracula in there. It's got uh, Invisible Man, and I was and it's got well the Blob, but that's too new, right? I, I couldn't choose a Blob, um, and I already went over werewolves and uh, why I didn't select anything for that. But mummies, right? I was asking my uh, my wife, what should I choose for this Halloween thing? And uh, she said we. Uh, well, actually, uh, I uh, I did a couple of different um, um, lists about that, but um, ghosts uh, ghosts was leading me to Hamlet. Um, you know, anyway, a bunch of different uh, uh, lists. One thing that confused me about one of the lists was uh, gargoyle. Now, I'm not too scared of of gargoyles. I understand they're spooky statues. Uh, and frightening in in lightning. That's how the movie always movies always portray them. But I don't know of any stories that feature gargoyles as as bad guys. I mean, and there's the gargoyles TV show I know about, and uh, the they were sort of good good and bad guys um, depending on the character. And then there's um, there's Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is you know the the gargoyles were good, good, good characters. So anyway, uh, like I said, what I landed on was Mummy, and uh, also by Bram Stoker is uh, the Jewel of Seven Stars. So that's that is akin to mummies, what uh, what Dracula is akin to vampires. So that's interesting. And then the last episode on October in October was going to be released on Halloween. So I had heard um, from actually a TV show called Supernatural that 
the source of the Halloween tradition is um, is Irish, and it's relating around Sam Samhain. Samhain is um, is the source of why jack o' lanterns are made and and uh, why people dress up in masks and stuff like that. Uh, and again, I was looking through LibriVox. I was looking through a number of sources. I couldn't find anything that laid out the Samhain lore <laughs> or whatever very succinctly or to even mention what, uh, uh, what his story is. But anyway, I did find one thing. Uh, I'm, I'm not confident about this title um, or this author. You know, or the narrator, for 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 that matter. Um, actually, a lot of these, I haven't been confident that the narrator was good, and I didn't really screen it. Um, so I hope it was good for some of these episodes. But uh, it's called the Book of Halloween, and it lays out the source of uh, the Halloween tradition. Uh, and it mentions Samhain. Uh, I don't know if it lays it out even in the same way I described it, but. Um, then it goes into different countries and, and uh, the source of their traditions around Halloween. Anyway, that's it. That's it for October. That's, that's all the spooky stories. Um, the next one I chose actually had been in the backlog for a while, A Book of Nonsense. Uh, it's, it's by Edward Lear. And to me, it seemed very Shel Silverstein uh, in his uh, poetry, his, uh, I guess, limericks that are silly and nonsensical it seemed to me just a fun uh fun uh little story it might be interesting to listen to at some point the next is uh, david copperfield a charles dickens story again i think that's rather long uh, after that it's the five children uh well not the but five children and it another uh children uh, children centric story um, whereupon children happen upon a sand fairy and it grants their wishes. Um, and that's just a good premise, I think. Um, and actually, it's a series, uh, from what I understand. Uh, there are multiple books in this series um, about these children in the sand fairy. And lastly, it's um, The Phantom of the Opera, uh, to my knowledge, did I am I thinking of this right? It's the first real musical that is connected to a book that I could that I have chosen. And really, I did the Phantom of the Opera pretty much off the cuff. I just thought of it because I was seeing an excellent Halloween costume of um, the Phantom. So I thought, wow, I wonder. Wonder if that's in the um, in the public domain, and it is, you know. Um, so, sort of makes me think of Nutcracker and the Mouse King for the upcoming Christmas um, season. Uh, that is also in the public domain, and I've got it queued up. I've got that queued up to to release. Um, as far as upcoming. What, what's coming up? Uh, there's a, actually a rather dry one coming up for the first season, uh, uh, first episode of season three. Uh, these seasons are too short. I, I, you know, it's too, I, I was anxious. I was sort of like pumped up to do this first recap um, after the season one. I was like, oh, 20 episodes, that's, that's a lot. 
but 20, 20 is only uh, 10 weeks in the, um, in the pattern of uploading that I've been doing. That's not too long, so I may increase the season number uh, after a time. But, um, so the next episode is rather dry. <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to be interested in it, but um, another dry one I was thinking of was, uh, you know, the Rosetta Stone. That was uh, three languages, right? And they used it to help decrypt some, some languages because they already knew one, and it helped to uh, sort out uh, the others. It's this huge stone that was that was printed on three sides, different languages, the same message. And I looked briefly into what is on the Rosetta Stone. You know, what's the English translation? And I couldn't find a LibriVox recording of this. Uh, but it, it, it is also rather dry. But I, I just think it would be funny to release an episode through this podcast of an English translation uh, translation of the Rosetta Stone. Um because it's so popular in, in its idea, but uh, and yet it's pretty pretty and dull in it, in its content, as far as um, you know, it's something to do with with uh, a law that was being released, and um, yeah, so um, uh, upcoming is um, November. I don't really have any theme ideas for November. Christmas uh, and uh, in December is what I'm thinking, but I don't know if I'll be able to find enough uh, content um, for each week in December. It's a rather a lot of titles. So uh, like I was saying, um, I probably won't do spooky each time for October. It's just I felt I could find enough titles that I uh, knew were strong titles for for. Halloween. I'm not at all confident I can find strong titles for the different aspects of what December and the holiday season entails. Uh, you know, well, Thanksgiving in November is an obvious choice. One thing I was thinking for um, this uh, for January is uh, popular in LibriVox titles is actually some self-help or like um, instructional uh, books. Uh, so it's not it's not literature as as it boils down to it, but um, sort of a sort of an interesting idea. So um, um oh sorry um. So, um, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention was uh, I had mentioned my social media um, presences uh, for this effort, uh, and I I don't know who who would possibly still be listening to this, uh, but at the end of season one synopsis, I I did a shout out to my uh, social media presences. And I actually got a, a, um, a like. So someone liked one of one of the uh, videos, which is uh, laying out one of the popular quotes from Pride and Prejudice and having it paired with the words. So 
this is a service that Anchor offers. Um, but anyway, I use that to um, to make this recording of one of the m most popular quotes from that book, and someone liked it. So hey, one like, uh, and that that encouraged me to uh, to do more work on on possible uh, videos. I haven't actually done anything because I don't have any time, but uh, it just encouraged me. So, <laughs> so there you go. Just a, a little aside I wanted to mention. <clears throat> and uh, I guess that's all I can think about to talk about. Uh, but hope you have a good, good day, and thanks for listening. <laughs>